Hey guys, welcome back to another Sentai-rific episode of Fanholes Sentai Saturdays. Hey guys, what's up? This is your host, Derek, Derek WC, and we're here to talk about, of course, the Super Sentai franchise. But with me today, I have a very, very special guest. He is the producer and creator of one of the funnest web series that is dealing mainly with Godzilla on YouTube right now. It is called Kaiju no Kami. And of course, I've brought on the Kaiju no Kami himself, Marcos. You may also know him as Martz from Bot Talk. Hey, what's up, buddy? Say hello to everybody. Hello. Konnichiwa. Awesome. Awesome. So this, is, this has been a long time in coming. We were trying to plan it for a long time and everything. Basically, what sort of inspired it was that you know, of course, I love watching Kaiju no Kami. It's really awesome. It's a fun show and everything. And it's totally fun every time there's a new episode that comes up. You are a speed demon, sir. You you release them, like, super fast and everything. So I'm kind of like, I'm like, oh, this is awesome. They come out really quick and everything. It's not like me. My, my, my folks that ask for videos, they're like, when's the next one coming out? And then it's like five months later, there's a video or something. But yeah, you're, you're on the ball. <laughs> you come out with a bunch of cool videos. You've gone from... The oh, you've done the whole Showa era, and now you're you're into the Heisei era and everything with Godzilla. But I, I thought I'd just ask you some questions about basically the web series, and then we can get into talking about Zoo Ranger after we kind of cover your web show and everything. So how's that sound? Sounds good. All right, cool. All right, I guess first up, what everybody's dying to know is. How did you come up with Kaiju no Kami? Like, how, what was the origin story for Kaiju no Kami? Well, I've been, I was actually thinking about a name about two years ago for a series, and I was like, well, Kaiju, I love to call myself a god, so why not do Kaiju no Kami? Because it stands for the god of giant monster, monsters or giant monster god. Cool, cool, very cool. And then as far as, like, were, were you always going to be focused on... Godzilla, like I know you did do the one episode that was about Zoo Ranger. So maybe once you finish those franchises, like the Godzilla franchise, are you looking to expand into like other Toho kaiju movies or anything, or like what, do you see sort of like a future, you know, moving forward from that franchise? Oh yeah, I well I started out that no, I am a big fan of other online reviewers. Nostalgia Critic and Blockbuster Buster and Link Cara and Angry Joe, but no one was doing a review series similar to Godzilla like that in that style. So I decided the only way I'm probably going to proceed this is to do my own. So what I've decided to do is I want to start it, kickstart it with Godzilla, and after I finish this, I'm planning to do other future projects, like I'm going to do a King Kong month. I'm going to do some of the Gamera movies. I've got people asking me to do Pacific Rim, and I do want to cover more Sentai and Kamen Rider series. I've just been thinking about wanting to hold off to see if Shock Factory announces anything more. Cool, cool. No, that's that's awesome. I look forward to all of that stuff. Do you want to tell people like more exactly like what your specific role is in the production of Kaiju no Kami and like what's 
what's involved for you in creating and producing a, a single episode of Kaiju no Kami? Like, give give some folks listening some behind-the-scenes info, some dirt. Yeah, so what I do is I first start out, I watch the movie, take note. I pretty much have a notebook with me as I write down everything that's going on in the plot, any details. Sometimes I think of stuff to add into the review right then and there. I then write a script up based on that, also doing some research on the history behind the movie, if there's anything that was important that happened in the time period when they were making the movie, little bits of info, maybe some production issues that may have occurred, and so forth. And then I write the my, then I actually do the synopsis of the movie and trying to think of jokes to add in there. And then I do my conclusion. And then also, anything I need to make jokes-wise, I'll gather the footage with songs, whatever. I then go use Sony Vegas, and I will... I load in the movie into Sony Vegas, and then I will film my entire scenes my, my uh, and read my script and everything as I'm going through it. Then I just add that into Sony Vegas and start piecing everything together. Yeah, that's usually, for me, I know that's the, the most fun, is once you get down to the sort of nitty-gritty of editing and, and kind of like what you're talking about where you, you, you have these kind of inspirations like on the flies of, oh, yeah, that'll be a funny gag, and you want to, like, put it into the, the show and everything. Like, I, I was going to say to you, like, one of my favorite gags that you did on the series so far was in the, the Mothra versus Godzilla review. Like, I love when you take the payoff from the Happy Company and they're, like, giving you money and everything. Like, that, that was a good bit. Like, I, I love that bit. It was very funny. <laughs> yeah, I had fun with that. And sometimes I think of stuff just on the fly as I'm doing it. I'm like, ooh, let me put that in there. With the Godzilla vs. King Ghidorah a bit, on the fly I just thought of doing the Incest Away body spray commercial. Awesome. For Kaiju no Kami, for everybody who's listening, like, what would you say is like your ultimate goal? Like, what do you what are you shooting to do? You know, in terms of of the web series, like, I mean, obviously, you're right now your focus is on completing all the the Godzilla films and everything. Whether it's from like now you're in the the Heisei era, and I imagine you're going to move on to the Millennium era films, and you know, maybe even talk about you know the American films and stuff like that. But is there anything, like, we briefly talked about it, like other plans you may have, but, I mean, as far as, like, an over-encompassing ultimate goal for that web series, like, what would you tell people is your, you know, your your basic goal for this series? Yeah, I pretty much am just going to keep going as as much as I'm having fun. I've been having a blast working on these. In fact, my original plan was I was going to do maybe one review every two weeks or so but with the amount of fun i've had especially after i got sony vegas i've just been having a blast and i really just want to get all the godzilla movies done with i do want to move on to other things like i said i'm going to do a king kong month i'm also got some stuff already planned for october for halloween i'm going to i'm going to stick to the realm of like toku and kaiju but i'm going to occasionally throw in some more some some other stuff in there plus i've got a few people because of the way i've done like my original godzilla review with kind of like that film noir type opening some people said they'd love to see me do a review review like film noir movies since i'm a big fan of that genre 
No, that all that all sounds awesome. Like I, I love all that extra stuff you add, the flavor you add to your, you know, I guess your bookends and your epilogues and all that kind of stuff. Along those lines, why don't you tell us maybe what an episode is that you've created that you're most proud of? Like, what's your what episode is one that you're you're most proud of? Like, your is your favorite, your baby. So I'd say my favorite video right now that I've done is the Godzilla vs. Biollante one. I just had a lot of fun coming up with the idea of, of that one, especially with the whole bits between Secret Agent Man and Smooth Criminal, between the Seradian and the Biomajor agents. Just had a blast with that, and then again with the, the Little Shop of Horrors aspect at the end with Biollante when she's attacking Godzilla, and even the Swamp Thing song and the I Am Groot parts. I did yeah, but the, the Swamp Thing stuff was, was funny to me. Like, uh, you know, obviously I love Swamp Thing, but yeah, listening to the, the Swamp Thing cartoon theme song when, when Violante shows up in the, the rose form, that was that was pretty funny. Like, I love that. Yeah, I've, I've had such a blast with that one. That was the one I think I had the most fun creating. Cool, cool. Just just to share with you, like, I wrote down some notes on some of my favorite stuff. Like, I know the one, the bookend one, that I really thought was clever and fun, and I, I had a great deal of enjoyment watching, was in the Godzilla versus Gigan review. Like, how, you know, you focused on the fact that the the protagonist was a manga artist, so I, I called it, you know, in the in the Batak forum, so I'm all, I love manga marts, you know, because it's it's you, but you're, you know, in all the interstitials, you know, it's it's all sort of the manga version of you giving the review, which I thought was really, really cool, and I, I did really enjoy that. And as far as what my favorite episode was, it was actually, believe it or not, I, I love the April Fool's episode, because I was all excited that you kind of did a mini review on the basically the Gino cartoon from Sony and stuff like that but I guess it was your top five reasons why Godzilla 1998 is the best Godzilla movie is like a April Fool's gag yeah and I I really really enjoyed that yeah I had a lot of fun creating that one I had been thinking about it for a couple weeks and I was trying to rent the 98 Godzilla movie and nobody had to rent so I was like okay I'm going to just buy it and rip it myself and then I came across at Target the TV series for ten dollars. So I'm like, oh, well, I'd like to include this in my top five reasons. So can't go wrong. And I am actually thinking about sooner or later getting to review that series as well. And that I might do it in like chunks of either five or ten episodes per review instead of cramming it one to one. Yeah, no, I, I I'd be interested in that a great deal. I'd look forward to that. Uh, along those lines, like uh, of questioning. Do you, do you have any plans maybe to cover other TV appearances besides the Sony cartoon? Like maybe do do a little mini review on the Hanna-Barbera cartoon? Or I, I know it's not ever been translated and subtitled, but even you know his appearances on Zone Fighter might be something that would be fun to do. Um, haven't decided that far yet. As you probably saw in one of my other reviews, I did show the scenes from the Godzilla costume that was used in Ultraman. But I haven't thought about doing anything from Zone Fighter or anything just yet. Mostly it's because I don't have access to it at the moment. Yeah, it's not anything that's easy to come by. So. Yeah, but it's something I might look into in the future. Cool, yeah, I definitely hope like Shout Factory or somebody could actually get some kind of official release of Zone Fighter going, because that'd be really cool to actually you know, see it translated and everything. Yeah, as 
to the Hanna-Barbera cartoon, it depends, again, if I can actually get a hold of it. If, if anything, if I can at least get a hold of the first few episodes. Because that show really is so formulaic, you can just watch a couple episodes and have seen the whole series. It's not like there's yeah. a full-on yeah. story. Yeah, no, that's totally understandable. I, I think pretty much, I know, I know classic media has it in volumes. I don't know, I can't remember now if they've ever released, like, the whole series in one big set or whatever. But And then, I guess, to, to close out the, the line of Kaiju no Kami and sort of Godzilla questioning here for the, the listeners, you know, we, we can see from all your videos, you know, the folks of us who are fans of Kaiju no Kami, that you do have an expansive collection of not only, like, SH monster arts, but you've got all these really cool figure arts as well. And I was just wondering if you wanted to go into, you know, maybe how you got started with that hobby and maybe point out, like, what some of your favorite pieces in your collection might be? Well, I actually started collecting back when, during the Beast Wars line. At first, I bought them just to play with when I was younger, but then I started to buy them and just keep some of them unopened, hang them up on my walls, and I just enjoyed the collecting aspect so much. I decided to continue with that and have gone through an ever-changing recycling program, as my friends put it, with my collection since it seems like I'll buy a line I really love, and then several years later I'm like, oh, why did I buy that and sell it off to buy new stuff? Yeah, for monster arts, one of my favorites is actually the Biolante monster art, and that's she is the sole reason that I started buying the monster arts toy line. Because when they first unveiled her, I'm like, I finally can own a movie accurate Biolante because the first one I had was the Trendmasters one from the 40th anniversary pack, and it was nothing like the movie. So I decided to just get into the monster art so that I could have everything in a more consistent style and size. Very, very cool. And, and of course, like the figure arts are cool as well and stuff like that. I like how you have everything laid out, and it's fun to see you know, either Godzilla monster arts in the background when you're doing your reviews. And sometimes when you talk about the recycling program or the way you change your layout, it's fun to see, like, from the beginning of the review to, like, some of the more recent reviews in the Heisei era. I'm all, oh, look, there's his, there's his Common Rider Drive. Like, I remember when he got that, you know, and stuff like that. So now I can see it in the the Detolf and everything like that. So that's, that's pretty cool. Oh, uh, yeah. There's actually one review. I can't think of which one it was, but... The day I did the initial filming, I had the original Tiger Zord in the case. And the next day, I had to film an additional scene for the review. Well, the night before, I had got the legacy Tiger Zord. So in the new footage I filmed in the review, suddenly it's the legacy Tiger Zord in the background instead of the original one. <laughs> That's awesome. It morphed. And I, yeah, I didn't even think about it while I was reviewing my review. I'm like... Hey, wait a minute. I just realized I forgot that I had to ch- change the layout between takes. You're like, continuity. <laughs> Welcome. I would like to introduce myself as the Kaiju no Kami. 
My purpose today is to inform you of my goals, to review every Godzilla movie from the 1954 original through the 2014 mega-hit blockbuster from Warner Brothers. Some of my reviews you may disagree with and feel that I am too harsh on them. Others you may think I am not harsh enough. Why Godzilla, you ask? Well, ever since I saw Godzilla 1985 on VHS when I was in first grade, I have been a fan of the series. There have been so many highlights to the Godzilla series throughout the last 61 years, but at the same time, there have also been some negatives. My purpose is to showcase everything, negative, positive. I look forward to hearing your discussions as you await for my first review, the original 1954 Godzilla. Goodbye. Part of the reason why we wanted to get together to do this show, and since this is technically the Fanholes Sentai Saturday podcast, basically we were coming together to talk about Shout Factory's recent release of Zoo Ranger, the, the Dinosaur Squadron Zoo Ranger, which is the basis of what became the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers in the United States. And, you know, go, if you go by, if you add the original Sentai franchises, this would be the 16th entry in the Super Sentai franchise, and it aired from 1992 to 1993. And just in case anybody doesn't know anything about Super Sentai, and they're listening to the show, I don't know why, but in case they don't, I'm just going to give a kind of high-level overview of what Dinosaur Squadron Zoo Ranger is about. And then we'll go into talking about our thoughts on the series and, and, and kind of, you know, what you love about it and that kind of stuff. And, you know, obviously you have your own video review on that on the Kaiju no Kami site, so people can go watch that as well. And this is kind of almost like an addendum or a cliff notes or something to that to that review probably so basically in dinosaur squadron zoo ranger about 170 million years ago there were human beings and they were living in peace with dinosaurs until bandora appears who most people will know as rita repulsa on mighty morphin power rangers and she wiped out the dinosaurs and began to attack humanity and then the Guardian Beasts, these great gods in the form of these prehistoric animal-shaped mecha, sealed her away on this planet called Nemesis. And then in modern times, these goofy-ass astronauts accidentally release her and her followers from captivity. And again, she starts to ravage humanity. And of course, she is exclusively, most of the time, focused on all the little children who she wants to destroy. And then the ancient wizard, Barza, who's got really big ears at some point, is in disguise as a human being, and he releases five warriors from prehistoric human tribes to fight Bandora's forces alongside these guardian beasts. So basically, that's the high-level overview of what Dinosaur Squadron Zoo Ranger is about. And because the licensed sub was recently released this year in February by Shout Factory, it is like the first officially licensed Region 1 
fully subtitled Super Sentai to be released in the States. So it's exciting for all of us that are big fans of the Super Sentai franchise. I mean, what, what did you think of, of when they announced that? And, like, are you, are you super thrilled that you have a, a Region 1 set? I mean, I know you collected a lot of the, the Region 2 stuff from Japan, but how does it feel to have a, an officially licensed Region 1 Zoo Ranger set? It was awesome! <laughs> yeah, oh. I, w- I was super excited when Shout Factory had announced it because I am a huge Sentai fan, and getting and it's one Jude Ranger is one of my top favorite series. So, getting to own an officially licensed product with subtitles was just great, and they did exactly what I figured they'd do. That would pretty much just be the Japanese discs, but with subtitles on it. Cool. And then why, why don't you tell the listeners, maybe give us some, some back history on maybe how you were first exposed to Sentai. Like, was it through, like most of us maybe would say, you know, maybe Dynaman or Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, you know, the, the sort of weird American adaptations that have come out through our lifetime. And then maybe in later times we've expanded and, and watched, you know, either licensed stuff or, or fan subs and stuff like that. But how, how about yourself? Like, what's your secret origin history in regards to Sentai and Super Sentai? Well, actually, for... I, I actually... I call Voltron Golion an anime version of Sentai, and that, because that's essentially what it was. So I do say Voltron is what got me into Sentai. It just went for the live-action aspect. Yeah, it was Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. When I, I was just going through a toy magazine back in 1993 in the summer, and I saw this article, and they, they showed these toys of five-colored superheroes, Goldar, and a few others, and I was reading, and I'm like, this sounds cool, and then two days later, Fox showed a commercial of it, and I was just like, I need to see this now, and then after that, I watched the premiere when they did a special Saturday morning premiere of the show. I was hooked on it instantly. So my introduction was pretty much through Power Rangers, or like I said, Voltron, depending on how you look at it. From days of long ago, from uncharted regions of the universe, comes a legend. The legend of Voltron, defender of the universe. A mighty robot, loved by good, feared by evil. As Voltron's legend grew, Peace settled across the galaxy. On planet Earth, a galaxy alliance was formed. Together with the good planets of the solar system, they maintained peace throughout the universe. Until a new horrible menace threatened the galaxy. Voltron was needed once more. This is the story of the super force of Space Explorers. Specially trained and sent by the Alliance to bring back Voltron, Defender of the Universe. My first actual Sentai series for the Japanese version I watched was Gal Ranger, because at the time. I got access to Gal Ranger on DVD, and that's kind of what kickstarted it. And then I went to from Gal Ranger to Die Ranger, Jude Ranger, Hurricane Ranger, Abba Ranger, was which was airing at that time, and just went on from there. 
Cool. Very, very cool. I, I, I mean, I definitely enjoy Sentai. I know that it's funny because I, I know you're not a big fan of it, but the first Super Sentai series I watched the whole way through from the beginning to the end, so it'll probably always have a special place in my heart is Go Onger. So that was kind of when I was really getting into the whole fan sub community and, and checking out Super Sentai and stuff. But this has been a real treat to watch Zoo Ranger for the first time. I mean, for the most part, like, I had not watched this. I, I may have watched maybe a handful of fan-subbed episodes out of curiosity, but I don't think I ever really broke the surface of it. So this licensed copy is the first time I'm actually going through the series and watching all the episodes and everything. And, I, you know, I've really been enjoying it. It's it's fun. Like it, it, I, I don't feel like I know enough, or, or at least I, I've seen Mighty Morphin Power Rangers but it, I don't have it so committed to memory like some folks, so it might be fun for me to actually watch Mighty Morphin after I finish Zoo Ranger, just to, to kind of see how they adapted it in, in sort of a, you know, having like a fresh memory of both right. in, in my head and everything like that. Because there's, there's certain things I remember, definitely, like whether it's from the, the Power Rangers video games or, or the actual series itself, where I'm like, oh yeah, I remember that monster and everything. But, you know, to be perfectly honest, like I, I've sort of been working on other stuff, so I'm only on disc eight of of the Shout Factory release. So I've got two more discs. I haven't quite gotten up to spoilers everybody, but I, I haven't quite gotten up to Burai's death. So but I'm I'm almost I'm I'm really close to finishing the series. But what I've seen so far I've really enjoyed watching your review. I, I watched it before I really started getting heavy into watching the Shout Factory disc. So when I came up to like some of the episodes that you cited as your favorites, like where Boy and May are dressed up like kind of oh, yeah. thug kids and everything like that. It was like, oh yeah, that's that episode he likes and everything, where you know they're all dressed up as either gangsters or I, I kind of like how when they were dressed up as punks and and at the end of the episode, like all the other street punks want to like look up to them, like call them boss and stuff like that. You know, it's it was a funny, cute episode and everything like that. That is actually one episode that uh, was pretty much a, a nearly adapted plot for plot point in the Power Rangers version. I did a panel at our local anime convention here in Colorado called NDK on Mighty Morphin Power Rangers vs. Dude Ranger, where I showed an episode between both series, and that was the episode I showed between the two, because I wanted to show that even though the series are completely different, there are things that are nearly adapted, nearly exact. Wait a minute, what is this, some kind of trick? Hey man, you're not the baddest dude on the block anymore. So don't ask any stupid questions. Got it? The Shin Pencil Man. Got it? Yeah, it's weird because in some cases there will be those examples like that where it's almost a literal adaption of the plot from the episode. But then occasionally they do like really random things like decide to make pirates not pirates and then you get all confused and stuff. <laughs> Or they show teams from series that never came to the U.S., yes. Over, yes. which yeah. overshadowed the teams that were in the U.S. Yeah, so stuff like that usually <laughs> drives, uh, drives folks crazy and stuff. I guess another good question to bring up as far as when we're talking about Zoo Ranger, and, and I don't know if I'm making the assumption maybe your favorite Super Sentai character would be from this series, but I could be you know mistaken, and maybe it's from a different series, but is there a... a 
Super Sentai character, a hero, or or even a villain or anything that you'd say is is one of your favorites, or if even if you like, I mean, you could you know list out uh, a few favorites or runners up and stuff like that. But Probably. is there anybody um, who is your your favorite? Well, let's see. One of my favorites who is a villain is actually Gasha Skull from Cocker Ranger, who was Rito Revolto in America. Okay. The, uh, the character in Cocker Ranger. He also has a human form, and they got one of I mean, a really fantastic actor to play him. I don't have, I can't think of his name off the top of my head, but he's really good. Along with there's another actor named Yotaka Hirose, who's done various villains throughout the franchise. He's another one of he plays one of my favorite characters in Die Ranger named Jin. Some of my top favorite heroes are Daigo in Die Ranger. He's probably one of my top favorite rangers of the entire franchise. Barai from Jude Ranger is another one. The Red Ranger from Gogo 5 is another top top favorite of mine, along with Ryu Ranger Ryo in Die Ranger. And Jiraiya Ninja Black, who's played by King Kosugi, because he's just awesome. He's a character who's come to come to Japan from L.A. to hunt down yokai and joins the ranger. And there are times when he'll just randomly speak out in English. Red. So of of those of those characters, are there any of those characters that have not been made figure arts that you really are hoping they do make as figure arts? Like, is there anybody on your wish list as far as that kind of collecting oh, yeah. hobby goes? Oh yeah. Well, I wish they would because the only Die Rangers they've released is Kiba Ranger because of Mighty Morphin's White Ranger and Ryu Ranger from Die Ranger. I'm hoping that they'll eventually release the entire Die Ranger teams, and then I'll take anyone from Kaku Ranger. Yeah, they seem like they're going for when they they release usually like the the Sixth Rangers and the Red Rangers can get single releases, but now it looks like they're moving towards like doing doubles for like the unfortunately I guess they're viewed as ancillary rangers. Yeah, it's kind of a shame. I I know a lot of people are against this idea, but I just wish Bandai would even just try out doing like five packs or three packs of the core ranger team and just test them out to see how they would sell, especially wow. since most of the rangers are going to be using the exact same body just with maybe a new head and a new symbol sometimes. So since they're using the same bo- buck, they've pretty much got the Mattel method perfectly right there in front of their feet for them. They should try to do it. Yeah, I mean, there, there's there's plenty of cool stuff that I'd, I'd like to see myself. I know I've, I've been mainly focusing on the Kikaida end of things, and those are all usually web exclusives, but I've been enjoying the releases they've made of those. So I, I, I would be excited if they announced maybe like Inazuman or somebody to sort of complement all those those characters in that sort of end of the the common writer universe, but I mean I I would be happy with any I, I I get excited when they release like the old school stuff you know because it's like I I see like the stuff for like Sun Vulcan and that gives me hope that like ooh maybe maybe Battle Japan will be a figure art one day you know like it gets me excited for stuff like that 
Speaking of, you, you mentioned that, that Barai was one of your, your favorite rangers, and in, in this series, Zoo Ranger, it you know definitely features him as the sixth ranger character type and everything. And, and I know one of the things that you were looking forward to discuss on the podcast was like the evolution of the role of the sixth ranger in Super Sentai. Like, do you want to give some of your thoughts on, on how you view the sixth ranger role and and how it's developed sort of over the years? Yes. Well, in fact, this goes back last year. I did a panel on the Six Rangers of Sentai at NDK, and you can see a progression of the Six Ranger. When Barai first came in, I've seen, so you've seen mostly through up almost all of this gate, you have seen then that Barai's not even in every episode after his introduction. Yeah, yeah. He's and he's in there pretty much. He shows up to help the Rangers. He kicks ass, chews bubble gum, leaves, comes back after a few more episodes, helps them out, has his own little story arcs, goes off on his own for a few episodes again, then comes back. And that's kind of what that kind of started a formula that followed with Kiba Ranger in Die Ranger kind of did a similar format like that. And then in and the Sixth Ranger was kind of there to help out and then leave and just be there when it was necessary and when the story demanded it. Then we get to Gal Ranger in 2001, and the Sixth Ranger be, pretty much becomes, instead of a part-time member, as I called, he becomes a full-time member. And for me, I feel like it kind of weakens the Sixth Ranger because as he becomes more and more a main team member, he starts to also become, feel like that the Six Ranger gets weaker. Because back then when he'd come in, he was all powerful, and yeah, he would he would get his butt kicked at times, so it wasn't as often. So it made, him, made the Six Ranger seem a lot more powerful and more special. And even the appearances, it was like something like, oh, wow, the Six Ranger's in this episode again. This is awesome. And now for me, it's been like, oh, it's the Sixth Ranger. Woohoo! He's now just another face in the crowd. Yeah, I, I can see that point of view. How the 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 role somehow becomes homogenized if you get him all the time. It's not it's not as special, you know. If you if you go to eat, you know, special, you know, whatever your favorite food is. If it's Olive Garden, if it's you know Chipotle, if it's you know Chinese, if it's Panda Express, like whatever it is. If you if you eat it, you know, once a month, and then it becomes this big event, you're like, oh, man, that was great, and I love it. <laughs> but if you were forced to eat it, like, 30 days in the month, then you'd be like, oh, crap, I'm eating this same thing again. And it kind of, you know, some of that specialness becomes lost. So, I mean, yeah. I, can, I can definitely see that. I mean, there, I, there are some Sixth Rangers, like, you know, like, you know, Gokai Silver that I still love, you know, regardless oh, yeah. of if he's, you know, homogenized or not. But I, I think I can see where you're coming from with it, where, you, you know, you, you want that character to be held to sort of a, a higher echelon than, than the other rangers and everything. Well, like, another interesting thing is that in most of the series, the sixth ranger usually showed up at the 17th episode, when there was a sixth ranger. Outside of old ranger and time ranger, most of the time the sixth ranger was appeared in the 17th episode, and even when, because that's when Barai shows up. That's when Kiba Ranger appears. That's when Bull Black appears in Gingaman, if I'm recalling properly. And even, and then 
around the time from Abba Ranger on. That's usually also when the Sixth Ranger appeared. And so you still got a po- really good portion of the series developed for the main cast. Now, like with Ninja currently, they've already introduced the Sixth Ranger, and they've only been 10, 11 episodes, episode 11 just there. So they're only 11 episodes in, and we already have the Sixth Ranger on screen, taking up the screen time from the main cast. Yeah, definitely. I I enjoy like all these different characters that are in Zoo Ranger in addition to Burai. And then is there anybody in that group that like I know you said that uh, you know you had particular favorites from some of the other teams and everything like that, but I mean, what what are your thoughts on each of the the Ranger characters like Geki and Goshi and Dan and Boy and May and everything? Well, Goshi is my favorite of the core cast. I just really like his character. I think also the fact that he doesn't look like he's 100% Japanese with his facial features makes him stand out from the crowd. And I really love, the. there's an episode, episode 32, where Geki is told by Dora, well, I, I can't think, Dora Narcissist, that... If you let me do what I want, I have the ability to give Barai his entire life back. And the and then Goshi goes out of his way to dress up in an armor to act as a villain just to make Geki see what he's not seeing properly really sold his character for me. Cool, yeah. They, they all seem like they have good points and and in in the case of the series like what I've seen so far, like everybody seems to get their own exclusive sort of focus episode that deals with those characters. So I, I enjoy getting to know each character individually over the course of the, basically it's like the course of the year where you have, you know, the 50 odd or so episodes and yeah. everything like that. And I don't think anybody was, was, I mean, obviously like Barai's cool and they, they do focus on his episodes, but like you say, he also goes away at times and, you know, other characters like Dan can get focus if he's like working in a noodle shop or whatever, or, you know, <laughs> you know, Mai can get focus, you know, when she's like dressed up like Chun-Li, like that was the last episode I, I watched before I talked to you where she's <laughs> in all these other, you know, different outfits yeah. where she's like street fighter and she's kind of pulling like a, a oh, cutie yeah. honey type thing and stuff where she's she's like a nun and a schoolgirl and a bride and all these kind of things. Yeah. I really like when they dive into the the backstories from like the characters of the past. Like you had the episode where you had Goshi's sister and the one with Dora Knight. You have obviously Geki's developed and Bride's developed throughout like their past history. You had Mei being developed with her kingdom with the flower monster. The, uh, but I feel Dan and Boy were the ones that kind of got cheated in that because we don't learn anything about their past lives before they were put to sleep. They're just here in the modern era because they need to be here. They get some cool episodes for, to develop their characters right currently, but we don't know anything about them previously. Yeah, that's too bad that we don't we don't always get to see all the backstory. Like it's kind of funny though because you you think about it, it's this weird sort of amorphous backstory where humanity 
hung out in the age of the dinosaurs. So you sort of have to take it as face value that they were, you know, it's like there, there is an element of royalty to it where they describe May as like a princess and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, you're, you're just kind of like, oh, okay, well, she knows about these prehistoric flowers because she, she lived there at the time and stuff like that. But yeah, I guess, I guess with some of them, you don't, you don't get to see exactly what their, their career choice or life was back then you know, before before they show up now and everything. Yeah, and I think that is the one thing that a lot, that uh, Toei falters a lot on Sentai, is they seem to forget that they, they have a huge cast of main characters to develop, and they only focus on half of them. Like, look at Kyoruger. I enjoyed the series, but the series seemed to focus more on Daigold than anyone else. Yeah, I, I I see what you're saying. Like there 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 do tend to be certain lopsided focuses. Probably, you know, it could be due to like writer bias. Like maybe they have a personal favorite character where you know it's like if you're reading like X Men, you know, when Dave Cockrum was on the book, he had a bias towards Nightcrawler. So you'll notice like all the stories like heavily featured Nightcrawler, and he was the cool character. And then when John Byrne came on and he started helping Claremont co-plot and everything, he was Canadian. And he said like, oh, who's the Canadian? guy like Wolverine okay I'm gonna make him really cool and then at that point you saw the focus shift and he became more of the the breakout star character so I mean it, it could be based on the the Japanese writing staff's preferences or you know it could be a, a fan type thing where maybe certain fans gravitate towards you know certain characters obviously like you're saying the the six ranger archetype especially when it's handled in that sort of uh, a big event style dispersal, you know, that, that they have an air of mystery about them, and you want to know more, and you sort of anticipate, like, oh, is he going to be in this one? Like, what's he going to do? Like, and when he does show up, he kicks ass. So, obviously, there's lots of fun stuff. I know, you know, I guess, being a fan of Power Rangers and watching that, I mean, obviously, like, everybody loves Tommy, you know? Like, there is that aspect to it, so it, it doesn't hurt to focus on those characters, but at the same time, you know, it, it, it's not the end of the world if you have an episode that focuses on, you know, Billy or Rocky or, you know, wh whichever character. And in the same way, you know, it's the same thing. It's like it's fun to watch, you know, Goshi have a focus episode and it's fun to watch Dan have a focus episode or boy, you know, and, and, and see what they they bring to the table as far as the overall focus of the series. Yeah, I I think like my it's one of my one things is like if since you have, every series is approximately around fifty episodes, I really think all characters should have the same amount of development because you have enough time to develop each character. Yeah, yeah, that's totally fair. I mean, you, you, most stuff like that, you, you, it's kind of like the difference between doing like a Star Trek film where all you get to do is focus on like Picard and Data. But, you know, over the course of, like, seven years, you know, obviously you expect, you know, you might not like it, but you expect that Counselor Troy is going to get her own episode, you know, focus and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. So, I mean, definitely the same way with the Rangers. Like, everybody should be able to have their, their focus and standout episodes and stuff like that. I guess just, uh, you know, sort of moving into the arena of wrapping everything up, one of the questions I had that I was curious about is, okay, so now Shout Factory has clearly released Zoo Ranger, and that's officially licensed and everything. Like, what what are your hopes for the future of of Region One stateside 
Sentai releases? Like, do you want them to keep going forward from Zoo Ranger and maybe release a subversion of Die Ranger? Are you are you a little selfish where you're like, oh, I want to have something <laughs> released that is is never been you know, fan-subbed, and, and maybe we can get something like Jacker over here because nobody's ever really, you know, had certain things like that fan-subbed before. So I'm just kind of curious, like, what your hopes and, and well, dreams are. With, like, the biases you talk about with, like, writing a character, my top two favorite Sentai series are Die Ranger and Kaku Ranger. So if Shop Factory were to go in order, that would work perfectly for me because those would be the next two series they would do. So those would be the top series I'm looking forward to. I am actually a huge fan of the Sentai from the 90s, not just because I grew up with it in Power Rangers, but because the 90s for Sentai felt like they were doing a test to see what they could do and what would work and what wouldn't work. The 80s felt like more like Star Wars was the big thing, so everything was a science fiction theme. They pretty much stayed in this safe comfort zone where they didn't try new things, whereas... Jetman, which I would also love to see brought out as them trying to do a first non-Power Rangerized Sentai series. Jetman was that homage to Gatchaman. Then we then they tried a dinosaur theme. Then they tried something with Chinese mythology. Then they did something with yokai and ninjas. And then they made an attempt. They did an anniversary style series that. Even though it didn't work out for them, they still tried new stuff. Then they went into Car Ranger, which is just off the walls and hilarity, and yet still manages to retain a sense of seriousness in its undertones. So the whole 90s, I would love to see that done by Shout Factory because there's so much experimentation that Toei did with the series because they were trying new things, new concepts, had new writers a new showrunner and even try different things with the mecha. Yeah, you don't you don't have to sell me on Car Ranger. I'm I'm in love with Beauty Zanette, so if they decided <laughs> to release that, I'd be super happy. Car Ranger was a series that I didn't like the Power Ranger version, so I was like there's no way they're going to make the the Japanese version can be that good. And then I was just blown away with how enjoyable it was and it's I think it has one of the best most satisfying endings to the entire Sentai franchise. Cool, very cool. Well, I'm, I'm sure everybody was interested to hear, what, you know, what your thoughts were on the the Shout Factory DVD, and also, of course, to hear about your your web series Kaiju no Kami. And so, before we close out, why don't you tell everybody who's listening, like, where they can find you on the interwebs if they are so interested and they've never checked out your web series before? Well, I'm on YouTube under Kaiju no Kami. I mean, it's K-A-I-J-U-N-O-K-A-M-I. I am on Facebook under the name Marcos Kane. And then I'm on various message boards as Dr. Kane, and I hear some groans coming up like, Ugh! Mars on Bot Talk. Awesome, awesome. Cool. So th- this has been a lot of fun. I-, I do enjoy Super Sentai, even though I'm not as much of a, a Kami expert on it. But it's always fun to talk about it with folks that, that love it and enjoy it and everything like that. And, of course, I am a huge, huge Godzilla fan. So, I again, I just want to say what fun it is to see a new Kaiju no Kami episode pop up when they do. And that it's really a fun show. Um, obviously, there there have been series where, you know, folks have done stuff on Godzilla, like 
you know, James Rolfe's Godzilla Month. In those veins, if you're a fan of that, if you enjoyed those, you know, I totally recommend checking out Kaiju no Kami for anybody who's listening. Like, it's a fun, different take on Godzilla. And I, you know, I, I can't recommend it enough. So I just wanted to use this as a platform to, to let everybody get the good word out and also just have some fun chatting with you about Sentai. So I appreciate you coming on the show, man. Yeah, thanks for asking me. It's awesome. Cool. This was a lot of fun. All right, guys. Well, that wraps up our episode of Fan Holes Sentai Saturdays. If you are interested in sending any comments, questions, concerns, or feedbacks, you can reach us at fanholespodcast at gmail.com. In addition to the Sentai Saturdays segment that we have on the show, you can also check out Transformers Tuesdays, Mobile Suit Mondays, Toku Thursdays, and of course our Fanholes Podcast proper on the fanholespodcast.blogspot. We're on Stitcher Radio. You can stream us there. We're on iTunes, Podbean. We are on all the good social medias like Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and Tumblr. So thanks a lot for listening. And until the next time, this is going to be Derek, Derek WC, signing off. Take care, guys. Drive's just been frustrating me because it's just so boring. I watched I watched a episode of it. Um, I I just haven't had the like. It's weird. I sort of am dipping my toe into the the common writer thing. I I enjoyed like the first dozen or so episodes I watched of the original series, like the the very first one. Um, so I did like that. Right. I know he, I know they're about to change the actor, so I'm like kind of scared if I'm still going to like the show after that. Um, and then I did get because I I met the guy who plays uh, Daisuke Bond, the guy who plays Kakaida in San Jose last year at the uh, the Big Wow Fest. So sort of based oh, on that, I, I had only had all the, the Kakaida stuff on DVD from Generation Kakaida. But after I met him and he was like such a, you know, he was a sweet guy and everything, even though he didn't really speak English or anything like that. And so I went back to the site and I got Inazuman and uh, Kamen Rider Volume 3 because those are the other, or V3 or whatever. Those, those were the yeah. only other, you know, officially licensed things that they had. So I bought all their their stuff and everything, because I, I just enjoyed meeting them and stuff like that. But that's, I mean, other than, it's like, other than the the handful of Gaim episodes I've seen, I watched the first episode of Drive, and then the dozen or so of the original series, and I've watched maybe like a disc, so maybe like four or five episodes of V3, but I'm, I'm still very much dipping my, my toe into the pool with, with Kamen Rider, so. Yeah, I, uh... I wasn't a fan of Kamen Rider because of Saban's version of it. 
And then I watched, I saw a trailer on, because I had the Hong Kong DVDs for Gal Ranger and um, Hurricaneger, and there was a trailer for Kamenari Ryuki on the Hurricaneger disc, and so I bought that series, and that's what got both myself and my girlfriend into Kamen Rider. 